Good morning. Peace be with you. We have some brief announcements, and uh, we'll get right to it. My wife says to me, you need to, my husband, practice the announcements. And, 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 and I didn't, um, but I told her, I go, I don't know, there's something about announcements, it's just kind of, here's the service, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and here it is. She goes, yes, but you have, yes, dear, yes, dear, my wife is always right. Does anyone else have a spouse that's always right? Yeah, yeah. So on here, I'd like to show you on the announcements, they are all important, and all are worthy of your perusal. And as we go down from that, adult education this morning, great fun. Grief and loss, actually, you wouldn't think it, but there's some great fun and laughs and healing that is happening on Tuesdays. Uh, Chancel's Choir, always welcoming new members, except for probably Pastor, because can you sing Far Away on a Hill, Pastor? And yes, why don't you? No, I'm just teasing. Liz has invited me. Um, the Naughty, oh, we got a new name change. The Naughty Knitters has changed to Naughty, like knots, ones. We're going to have to talk about that. We have also uh, a sign-up sheet and a survey sheet in which you can write down any ideas or thoughts or needs um, for speakers to come people to uh, address uh, uh, topics that would be beneficial to you. And so those are out on the table. They have been in our, in our uh, bulletins as well. Thanksgiving dinner, we will have uh, that this uh, coming week for Thanksgiving here at the church. I invite you to come. We have a sign-up sheet on the, in the narthex there, and um, so far we've got about 10 people coming, I think. So uh, please let us know so we can make sure that we have enough turkey and ham for everybody. And let's see, the ladies' advent party, beautiful little flyer right there. So please take a look at that and come. Backpack program, we have uh, more of um, those uh, opportunities. Uh, our, our minister, our missionary here, uh, Jewel, is uh, doing that, and I really appreciate your prayerful consideration uh, for that as well. Loose Change Sunday is next Sunday, church council meeting. Uh, you know that we meet every second Saturday of each month, so everyone is welcome. Please do come and express your, your thoughts and your ideas and um, your prayers. That would be great. And I think that's pretty much what we got except for Today, uh, I want to make sure that uh, we announce that John Skonsing will have a, um, we will have a memorial service for John on December 1st here at 11 a.m. And all are invited to come and celebrate his life. And um, we look forward to uh, supporting the family uh, as, they're, as they're mourning um, John's passing. But of course, we know that it's not the end for him and that he and Leona have a beautiful celebration together in heaven. Now, it is my great pleasure to introduce to you 
the Shamil family, and Tomas is here, and I'm going to call Tomas up. He is a friend of ours as brothers and sisters in Christ. He is a friend and, and is also, um, uh, I guess, sponsored would be a, the proper way for Lutheran Church of the Cross in Laguna Woods in Aliso Viejo, that you are one of the missionaries that they support. And in case you didn't know, uh, Lutheran Church of the Cross supported this missionary through his uh, seminary experience. And so that is a church that does actually put and invest in uh, the Great Commission. They are all about making disciples of all nations. And so without further ado, I would like to present my friend here, Tomas, and he's going to speak a little bit about what is going on with uh, ministry in his ministry field. Wait till you hear where it is. Tomas? Mm -hmm. Good morning. Uh, my name is Tomas or Tomas, Tomas uh, Schmiel. I'm actually not an American. I am from the Czech Republic, but I speak some English. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully you'll understand what I'm trying to say. Um, I uh, have a family here with me, or part of it at least. I have my mom, Renata, and then Hannah uh, and Christina, my two oldest girls. And uh, they're with my, sitting with my mom. And if you see that they're a little bit cranky, well, please forgive us. It's been a three-week trip. Uh, in these three weeks, we drove for over 2,000 miles. Th flew from uh, Europe to, uh, to the Midwest and from Midwest to L.A. And then traveling here back and forth. So anyway, we're so excited to be here with you and have the chance to tell you what we are doing. We're missionaries in Ukraine. Uh, I don't know if you know where that is, but that's not, that's not Africa. It's still in Europe. Uh, um, and uh, we've been there for over 11 years now. And we've, the whole uh, time we've been there, we have focused on youth ministry. Uh, we are there with an organization called Josa Venture. It's an organization out of uh, Wheaton, Illinois. And um, that it, it's an organization that focuses on uh, youth ministry, helping local churches with their youth ministry program. And some of the things that I get to focus on is first, sports. I know that especially young men, they like sports. And we have noticed in Ukraine that some of the programs that we do, they attract a lot of girls. And so because of that, we decided to start a sports ministry. It, we started five years ago in September yet the, with three teams from three different churches. Yet the ministry has grown to 30 teams now, over 400 mostly young men being discipled, young men that probably would have otherwise never come to a church. And all the teams that are part of our league are from a local church. So let's say Reformation Lutheran Church would have a team playing against Laguna Woods, <laughs> Lutheran Church of the Cross team. And it would be a godly competition, I think, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, the sport that we use is floor, floorball. Uh, if you know what hockey, ice hockey is, it's something similar. Where, <clears throat> but instead of puck that can get you killed, we used uh, like this soft ball that it just hurts, stings, and it goes away. Um, and uh, God has been really using this ministry where uh, the coach is from, always from the local church. 
um, usually has no idea how to coach, but he has a passion to reach young people for Christ. And um, because of that, we already have seen in the last five years, people have come to the Lord through this ministry. And some of these guys uh, have started coming to a local church uh, and also have started helping coaching as well. So it's beautiful to see how God is really using this ministry. Um, the second main thing that I get to focus on is European, uh, European summer camps. And obviously, I'm from Europe. Uh, usually, um, when I meet people in Ukraine and they think about missionaries, they think about the Americans coming. Uh, and since we live in Ukraine, we have a lot of Ukrainians around. And for a while, I kind of a little bit struggled with the idea of me being, being the only European on our team, my family. And until God really showed me that there's a very unique way that God can use our gifting. Um, I speak uh, different languages, um, and God has really started bringing people from Czech, Poland, and Slovakia to Ukraine. And I can communicate with them on their level, in their language. Uh, they don't have to speak English to me. But again, it's, we started about 70 girl, seven years ago with three young men coming to help with, an, uh, with a camp. They had no idea what they would be doing, and we had neither. But they came, and they were such a huge blessing. And so when we saw how God was working in and through it, um, we decided, well, why can't Europeans do missions as well? And so uh, it really has grown now to last summer, we had five different European camps, about 50 people from Europe, from Poland, from Czech and Slovakia, coming to serve, getting excited what the Lord uh, is, to, is about to do in Ukraine and bringing that excitement back to, to, to their countries. So I'm really excited about it. And one last thing to share, one more minute. Uh, uh, you probably have heard about the war taking place in the eastern part of Ukraine. Hopefully, the Crimean Peninsula that the Russians had, have overtaken and um, the two areas, the Luhansk Republic and uh, the uh, Donetsk Republic that the separatists are fighting, still fighting. Uh, it's actually still, the war is still taking place. People being killed every day. A month ago, I took a vision trip to that part of the, uh, of the world. Uh, just, we, I got as close as two miles uh, from the war zone and got to see how God is working and also started praying that maybe God could use us there in a very specific way. And we met with a team that is planning to do a church plant in that area. And we talked to them about um, bringing Europeans to, uh, to, one, to a camp next summer. So one kind of prayer request that I might have uh, is please pray that God would help us find 10 different Europeans from Poland, Czech, and Slovakia who would be willing to come and serve in this part of the world. And honestly, it, it will be a God's miracle if we find these people. Because two years ago, if he asked me to go, I would say, never, no thank you. Uh, but yet God changed my heart, and I believe that he, he's preparing Europeans to do missions as well. And so please join me in prayer for that. And one final announcement kind of thing. Uh, the reason for this trip is uh, I'm trying to, it's a fundraising trip. Uh, we've been missionaries for over 11 years and we're a little bit under budgeted. And so if God would put it on your heart to uh, there, you know, you, and you'd like to support the ministry, 
Um, we're looking for monthly supporters or even um, one-time gifts. Um, and after the church, I'll be, uh, be uh, yeah, in the patio area. Come to me, talk to me. Um, and if you like to get our email updates, I have a sign-up sheet. We do send out bi-monthly updates and pictures. We average about 30, 40 pictures and one-line stories that describe what's going on. So you, that way you get to know us, our family, and also the ministry that is taking place in Ukraine. We have prayer cards, uh, four little kids, two of them are here, two at home. Look at us, let us smile, pray, whatever else God would put you in your heart. Thank you so much for this opportunity, um, and feel free to talk to me afterwards. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Won't you please stand and let us start by singing joyfully unto the Lord. Our opening hymn is Come Thou Almighty King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called an ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, by your bountiful goodness, release us from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our weakness we have brought upon ourselves, that we may stand firm until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is from Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. You can find it in page 1393 in your Bible. Daniel 12, 1 through 3. Well, it's almost the end of the captivity. And things are not going well. People are asking, how can you speak of hope when there are threats from all sides? And Daniel replies, at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not, has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame, and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Our next reading is Psalm 16. You can find it in your pew Bibles, pages 5 and 6. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion in my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant paces. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Our last reading is from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 25. You can find it in page 1873. 
I would ask you to compare the difference in the way sacrifices are made by the Jewish people and by we Christians. And I'll also uh, tell you that in a, an earlier verse, the author talks about how impossible it is that the blood of bulls and goats will take away sins. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest has offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool, because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is a covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our body bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading this morning comes from St. Mark, chapter 13 verses 1 through 13, and can be found on page 1577 of your pew Bible. Glory to you, O Lord. Mark records the signs of the end of the age. As he was leaving the temple, one of the disciples said to him, Look, teacher, What massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another, and every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will all these things happen? 
And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? And Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many, many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and will deceive many. Now when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of the birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations whenever you are arrested and brought to trial. Do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death. And father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. And all men will hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. That is a hard gospel to read. The visuals in there are not very inviting, are they? That's not something you go, whoa, sign me up. Especially the last part. But let's break it down a little bit. At the very beginning, Jesus is at the temple with his disciples, and they're marveling at the architecture. Look! I mean, it's not hard to imagine that. Look how beautiful this building is. Look! How human of them. Look at this building. People in in this day and age may say, look at this beautiful body. Well, maybe not this one. But I am God's, God's poema, just like you are. I am and you are his masterpiece, and he doesn't make junk. Some of it's a little bit rounder, but round is a shape, right? So therefore, I am in shape. Okay, stop it. Isn't it interesting that um, we want the time that we're in, if it's really nice, man, we want it to last. 
you know? And the disciples are a lot like that. We know at the Mount of Transfiguration, the same guys, like, hey, it's a good thing we're here. Why don't I build, uh, you know, a tent for all of you guys, and we'll just hang out. I don't want this to end. Now, sometimes sermons are more of a hostage situation than they are anything else. And I know that in looking at your faces, I am not going to go an hour and a half. But I tell you this. This is important. Can you relate to these disciples marveling at the wonderful things? And can you relate to how they must have felt when Jesus says, yeah, let me tell you something about that beautiful building. Not a single stone will be standing on another. It'll be torn down. That must have been hard to hear. And we know that he is foretelling of the Roman Empire destroying this temple. This is the second time the temple has been destroyed. The first one was Solomon's. This was Herod's. And there are some people that say that the reason that all the stones were turned over was that Um, because of the great fires and because of the great amount of gold that was all over in the inside of this, things were just, had gold lame or uh, just like plastered onto it, just hammered thin gold put everywhere. And so these great brains have said, well, that gold might have melted in between the rocks, and so they were turning rocks over in order to get the gold out. And I, I threw that up to a theologian some time ago, and he goes... And whenever a theologian, that's body language, by the way, and it ain't positive. Head shaking back and forth. He goes, Ken, no. The Romans, when they destroyed somebody, they wanted to destroy everything there. So it meant to them to turn every rock over this formidable, beautiful building, to turn that over, that not only did they kill their spirit, but maybe they even killed their faith. I don't know. As Sam Giese would say, it's not a salvation issue, but it is kind of interesting. And the truth is, Jesus predicted it. And around 70 AD, those Romans, they burn it down and they knocked it all over. And it's to this day not rebuilt, right? Place was destroyed. Now, again, who here would love to have tomorrow's newspaper today? Huh? Or at least six good numbers. All right? You gotcha. Right? Isn't that human? Hey, Jesus, they're sitting at the Mount of Olives with God. Right? The word incarnate. And they're like, hey, Jesus. So when is this going to happen? And again, the loving nature is revealed in in our Savior. And he says to them, look, guys, this isn't about you predicting and being able to be, uh, you know, the day ahead and say, well, I told you so. This isn't about you being able to tell when this is going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And more than that, I'm telling you, be prepared. Be faithful. He goes on to tell them that there will come a time that someone will come Many will come to lead you astray. Be prepared. 
Jesus tells us that these signs, again, are not a method of, of discerning when it's going to happen, but these signs are telling us that it's getting started. And that we do, even today and even at that time, we hear of wars and rumors of wars and famines and death. That's nothing new. Yet every time that we hear of wars and rumors of wars, we can't help in our flesh to say, gee, I wonder if this is it. I wonder if this is it. Got some more bad news for you. All of these things that are happening right now are because of man and because of our sin and our prayer of the day. Our sin and our having to to live with the consequences, all of that was brought upon ourselves by ourselves. That which man makes, man breaks. Man puts his faith in himself. Man puts his faith in his buildings. He puts his faith in his own intellect. And Jesus is saying, be careful because that'll be doom. He even goes on to say further, he says, Scripture clearly will t- it tells us that these bad things, these pre-events we've seen and will see, these things are nothing compared to the end time that is coming. And they are nothing compared to what the one who is outside of Christ will experience. All of this trial, all of this tribulation, all of this being flogged, all of this that's going on is nothing compared to what awaits the one who is without Christ. He goes on to list some horrible things. Councils and courts will judge you. You will be beaten in the places of worship. Kings and governors will inspect you in person, and they will uh, force you to give an account. The Holy Spirit will speak. That's some good news for you, because you've heard the word, and the Spirit will speak through you. You will find that families will be divided, and violence will be between them. We've done that in this country, the United States Civil War. And we're doing it today. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. We see that today. So what are we to make for this, Christian? What are you and I to make of this? What are we to glean, to think, to proclaim? Well, firstly, we need a Savior. And right now and forever, we have one. One more time. You're not in peril. You've been clothed in Christ in your baptism. Your name has been written in the book. The world is going to be destroyed. And man cannot predict it, nor can he prevent it. The world, the day that that original sin happened, the world started breaking apart. The relationship between the creator and the created was broken. So I don't think it's a bad idea to have electric cars or using solar and all that stuff, but if we really think that we're going to add to this world and to the longevity by doing that, I think perhaps 
Jesus would invite us to think again. The bottom line, Christian, is this. Again, those who are without Jesus will perish. And those who are in Christ will not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16. Daniel wrote in Daniel 12.1.3 in our lessons this morning. At that time shall arise Michael, <coughs> the angel, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. <coughs> Excuse me. But at that time your people shall be delivered and everyone, everyone, everyone whose name is written in the book shall be free. And those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake and some to everlasting life, those are the ones with their name written in the book, that's you, all of you, and some everlasting shame, everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. Those who turn many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. We have an opportunity to bear fruit by what he has done on the cross for us. We have an opportunity through people who are out in all nations like Tomas and his family. We have a, an opportunity to pray for them, to encourage them, and yes, to financially help them. Why would we do such a thing? Well, because the Father does not want one, not one, to perish. Though he knows many will. We have the opportunity to proclaim Christ and him crucified, not only in our own neighborhood, our own families, but all around this world. I need to remind you that you've been baptized. I need to remind you that you have confessed your sins. I need to remind you that you have been absolved all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You're in a good place right now. And you will not be snatched. You are the ones who by Christ's righteousness, God's grace, will rise and shine like stars forever and ever. You will. He chose you before time began. Do you know that? He chose you before time began began. That's John 15, verse 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. You're already bearing fruit. I see good fruit out there, and I'm not even a fruit inspector, but I see good fruit, and the Father does too. He wrote your name in the book of life, Christian. 
and your name shall remain there. You have been redeemed. You have been promised life eternal with the Father forever. Let not your heart be troubled when trouble seems to come like wave after wave after wave. And though your tent or your temple may be a little tattered, a little broken, maybe missing a couple of stones here and there, missing parts, that is to be expected, Christian. If our tent looked like that temple the whole time through, we wouldn't be ready to go, would we? It needs to wear out. And when it does, we will, upon being apart from this flesh, we will be face to face with Jesus Christ in a perfect, in every way, perfect body for all whose name is in the book. And that's the day we receive perfection. That's the day when we meet our Savior. May the peace of the Lord be with you. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Thank you very much for that wonderful offering, Chancel Choir. Beautiful. Thank you, Liz. Will you please stand? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. People loved by God, let us give to him all thanks and praise this day, as we say. And our response today is, blessed are you forever. For the good gifts of this country, our community, our neighbors, and all things that fill life with joy and meaning, O oh Lord our God, blessed are you forever. For food and drink, for family and friends, for the foretaste of the heavenly feast you grant us, even in our earthly gatherings, O oh Lord our God, blessed are you forever. For the opportunity to share your good gifts with those less fortunate, for every act of kindness and compassion, for every listening ear and caring heart, O oh Lord our God, blessed are you forever. For those who labor to hold chaos at bay, those entrusted with civil authority, our first responders, our healthcare workers and social workers, O oh Lord our God, Blessed are you forever. For those who tenderly care for the weak and vulnerable among us, those who work in nursing homes and childcare centers, and all who keep watch that others may sleep in peace, O Lord our God, blessed are you forever. For those who teach and those who learn in the schools of the church and of the nation, and for all who seek to impart the light of knowledge and the hope of betterment, O Lord our God, blessed are you forever for the gift of the word of God, for those who proclaim it so faithfully among us, and for those who gather to hear it, ponder it, and grow in it. O Lord, our God, blessed are you forever. For the grace of baptism and the gift of a fresh start to each day in your forgiving love, O Lord, God, blessed are you forever. For the unspeakable love you show us in the gift of Christ's body and blood for our forgiveness, for the peace the sacrament brings us and for the hope that it pours into our lives. O oh Lord our God, blessed are you forever. For the promise of everlasting life in Christ, for those we know and love who have fallen asleep in him, for the new heavens and the new earth, and for the city with foundations, whose builder and maker is God. O oh Lord our God, blessed are you forever. For the glory of your holiness, the comfort of your love, the joy of sins forgiven, and the peace of death defeated, O Lord our God, blessed are you forever. 
for all these blessings and so many more that we can never number or name them all for all people and for all things. O oh Lord, our God, blessed are you forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us take a moment to share the peace. But as you guys are sharing the love and we are passing the plate for our tithes, I have an agape basket, a love offering for Tomas and his family. And so I'm gonna start it this way and we'll make it all the way through and um, please contribute as your heart allows. Will you please stand? Will you pray with me? O Lord, our God, maker of all things, through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake
sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, our Holy Father. Through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death and resurrection and his triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Dear fellow children of the King, dear fellow Christians whose name names are written in the book of life. This is but a foretaste of the feast to come, prepared for you out of love. The table's ready. You may be seated, and you will be brought forward by the ushers.
you please stand? It was a hard lesson today. It's relatable. What I hope you take from it is that for those that are in Christ, and you are, for those that are written in the book, and you are, there's peace and joy coming. There's life eternal promised and coming to you. That's the already and the not yet that we talk about. You're already in the book, but you're not yet in his presence face to face. But do not let your heart be troubled because he's with us now. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's count our blessings.